and welcome to another episode of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm Dr. Richard McKinnon, chartered psychologist and coach, and I'm joined by my co-host, Pilar Orti. Pilar, how are you doing today? I am very well, Richard. I have to say I cannot complain. We'll see in a few weeks, but <laughs> for now, <laughs> really good. Yes. Excellent. Um, I'm busy trying to keep warm. Uh, we're having a bit of a cold snap oh, yeah. in the UK at the moment, but um, that's fine. We can do that. Um, and we're just a few weeks into the beginning of a new year, which for some people is more important than others um, when it comes to fresh starts or making changes. So how have the first few weeks been for you so far? Yeah, very good. I was going to say cold also before, but I didn't want to, I didn't know how much you wanted to timestamp the the episode. But something that's interesting that I was thinking about because of precisely an episode we did on fresh starts last year, mm -hmm. that my new year started mid-November of last year because I went away for a week and had a, it was a, a kind of a holiday. I was not working during that week. And Everything had shifted work-wise, the dynamics. And I thought, you know what? From the time I come back onwards, I'm going to do this. And I've just continued that. So it's it's good. I, I have some sense of continuity as well as the, the rest that the Christmas period gave me. That's brilliant. That's a great example of a fresh start whenever um, and not waiting for the 1st of January. That's really good. I had a great chat with some with, with some clients yesterday about the very topic and the benefits of waiting till February before making any changes. Ah, yes. Let's just oh. get through January because <laughs> it can be tough, right? It, well, it can be tough. And also I think that January for a lot of people, and I've noticed this in the gym, is like, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> As in, there's so much, um, I don't know, there's, there's because there's something in the ether in a way of it's the new year. So everyone has lots of energy and lots of resolutions. And actually, I think you're right. But for another reason that if you wait till February, maybe the new starts that you do then are more sustainable because they're in a much more day-to-day -day environment than the start of the year. Exactly. I think getting back into a, a normal rhythm, whatever that is mm. for you, um, I think that can help you be more realistic about what it is you're trying to do. Um, but, you know, everyone's out there listening to this. Your mileage may vary, as they say. So I don't think there's one perfect way of doing this. Yeah. But we did talk about it previously about why goals might not happen. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. There's lots of reasons why we not we might not reach our goals. And there's lots of reasons why New Year's resolutions can be a bit too demanding. But at the same time, if you want to do something simple and new, picking a date for a fresh start can be a really good way of making some of those small changes. And your start to 2023? It's been super, actually. Um, I've got back into the swing of my four-day week. Um, I'm just about to go on my first weekend break. I'm going to head off to Prague for a few days for the first time ever. I'm uh, really yeah. looking forward to that. And yeah. I have been talking of fresh starts. I've been sailing through dry January. Not a beer has passed these lips <laughs> since the 31st of December. And yet, not a single benefit has been realized either. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I, let's let's just say I don't have the Olympian uh, physique that some people would suggest you get from doing dry January. But actually, I've been interpreting it in another way, which is 
it's it's a good it's a good uh, test run for if you want to make changes. Let's see how long you can do it for. Pick a month, see can you do it. Notice how much you think about it. And actually, if I wasn't talking about it with friends, I wouldn't think about it at all. It's really interesting. Mm. If something is really hyped up, it can be front of mind for you, and it can feel like a real sacrifice. But actually, if you just make a change like that and you carry on with day to day, then it's not such a big deal. So I have set myself some goals across personal and professional domains of life. Um, I think they're realistic, I think. Um, and I have a clear plan for how I'm going to work towards them across the year. Um, but um, nothing earth shattering, no new year, new me. But I'm really pleased with how the year has gone so far. Great. So let's let's keep up then. Let's, <laughs> let's keep it up. <laughs> let's let's well uh, let's see what the year has in store for us. But we are discussing the future, and um, I thought it, for this episode it might be useful um, to share a few of the upcoming events over on our Community Plus schedule. Um, listeners may remember we have a, a premium version of our online community, which is all about personal development. And that that part of the community is called Community Plus. And for a um, very small monthly fee, members get access to a whole bunch of things, including masterclasses with guest speakers. So I just thought I would um, share some of these just to underline the caliber of the people that are joining us. I'm really excited about these if nothing else, because I get to sit back and experience it yes. and not be the facilitator. <laughs> so very, uh, very shortly on the 8th of February, we've got Dr. Lynn Lanka, who joined me for a couple of episodes of the podcast previously to talk about positive psychology and the PERMA model of well-being. She's going to come and talk about the concept of leadership brand and understanding yourself and your identity and how that contributes to being a leader, a leader of any kind. Um, February 28th, we're going to be joined by Dr. Gemma Lee Roberts, who's going to talk about what I think is a really interesting topic, which is minimizing your fear of failure. The fear we have about future failure can stop us in our tracks and prevent us from taking any action. So Gemma's going to talk about how we can minimize that and crack on with what is important. And then on May 17th, uh, another previous guest on the podcast, someone very recently, uh, Dr. Sarah Strohmeyer is going to talk about first steps in mindfulness. In other words, how to cultivate a very simple but impactful mindfulness practice. So if you ever had an interest in mindfulness, but were maybe put off by some of the hype or just didn't know where to start, this will be the perfect um, session to come along and see what Sarah has to share. So just, just three of the upcoming masterclasses. And of course, we have office hours each month. We have meetups each month. Uh, we have accountability sessions for your goal setting and your progress uh, each quarter. So um, you can find out all about this by going to worklifepsych.com slash community plus. So this is the time of year when we start maybe thinking about the future. Some of us more than others. I, I know some people out there may be thinking it's, it's no big deal. There's no difference with the start of a calendar year. But when we do think ahead, it can be helpful when the focus that we have is realistic um, because um, th that helps us with planning, for example. Um, it can give us a sense of clarity and help us take action. 
But as we all know, those of us, the humans who have a mind, uh, not all of the thinking that we experience is helpful or brings clarity. And some of our thoughts about the future can be really quite distracting or or even upsetting. So what I thought we'd do is look at the different kinds of future-oriented thinking we can have, distinguish between them, and talk a little bit about how we can deal with the kind of thinking that we don't like or we don't find helpful. Yeah, I really like this because I'd never thought of there being different ways of thinking about the future. So um, so yes, can't wait to hear what they are, Richard. So I, I make a distinction between three broad kinds. And mm -hmm. uh, this is a conversation I have a lot in coaching contexts because um, thoughts about the future, as I said a moment ago, can stop us in our tracks from, from doing something. And it, it's useful, therefore, to make the distinction between planning, predicting, and playwriting. That's how I put it. Um, mm -hmm. So let, let's think about one that we're all familiar with is when we plan, we think about the future. Uh, we think about how we're going to get things done. We might be thinking about goals we want to attain, or we might just be thinking about the logistics of the future, how we're going to get things done by a certain time, or how we're going to maybe overcome some realistic challenges. And we know we're planning when we're intentionally thinking about the future. And th this is a kind of mental time travel. We're going to the future in our minds because we want to. We're maybe looking at the future uh, objectively or with an open mind. And what we're doing is trying to get some clarity. We're trying to figure something out um, that hasn't happened yet. And we're, we're trying to get clarity on how we can get there. And that, that sounds intentionally vague, but it is It can take many forms, right? You could plan your holidays. You could plan how you're going to complete a professional qualification. Uh, you could just plan your weekend ahead, uh, like I've been doing, making a list of things I want to see when I get off the plane. But we want to do that. It's intentional. We bring our focus to the future because we believe it's going to help us. I never thought of it like that, the, the intentionality. Of course, when you plan... <laughs> It all makes sense that it is intentional, but I think that thinking about the future with intention, I imagine, is very different to some of the other types of thinking about the future that you're going to discuss. And it also feels quite, in a, in a way, technical, as in, for me, what's coming up is like, I don't know, tables, lists, thinking about breaking out down some steps. It, it's, yeah, I, I, I think, I think mm -hmm. it makes complete sense, Richard. And we might do this because we've reviewed the past and said, okay, I wanted to be better next month, or I've learned a little bit from how I tried to do things before. So let me get a bit organized or let me, mm. even simple lessons like, oh, it's, it's good to take account of when colleagues are going to be on holiday so I can make sure I get sign off on things. There's a very practical focus to planning. And of course, yes, we want to do it. It can help us take action. The example I've been sharing when I've been talking about this recently And uh, I have a blog post about it as well, which I will, I will link to in the show notes. But imagine you have a sales target to reach. And so planning would be about working out when that sales target is supposed to be reached and working back from that and working out maybe how many calls do I need to make based on my experience before in order to reach that target 
And then how many calls do I need to make each week or each day so that I can start making those calls? Because now I've quantified um, the action required. That's a, that's a, a realistic scenario. So now I know um, I've got my list of people to call. Um, I know how many on average it's going to take me to make to, to get some sales. And I know um, how far away I am from that target. And of course I can adjust what I'm doing along the way, but I'm not starting uh, with a blank sheet. You know? So mm-hmm. that is helping me move towards my future state. That's quite different to predictions. So we, we engage in making predictions when we have certainty about how things are going to pan out. And that certainty is often uh, negative. It's uh, seeing failure. It's seeing a bad result or, in extreme cases, a bit of a catastrophe, a bit of a disaster. And we often don't want to go there in our minds. It's not an intentional journey to the future. Um, Our mind takes us there and gives us the emotions associated with that. So even though the thing hasn't happened yet, we are sitting at our desk and already feeling emotions about a future failure. And of course, they can interfere with the present moment. They can take us away from being present and, and we can end up struggling to try and get rid of those emotions. And of course, as we've discussed before, when we try and control these things or remove or minimize these things, our focus is on that and not on the task at hand. And so that might lead me, if I'm sitting at my desk with my call sheet in front of me, to just say to myself, well, this won't work. Uh, What's the point in trying to make all these phone calls? It's just not going to work. I'll never reach that sales target. And of course, I might look for other things to do to keep me busy because I don't want to experience the failure that I have envisioned. So you can see the difference between making negative predictions versus open-minded plans. Does that distinction make sense so far? Yes, but I have a question, Mm. which is when I think of predicting, so do you mean that mainly when we go into predicting mode, we it's the negative prediction? But also, I can imagine that we might also think about the future and and try to predict and predict something more positive. Or do we tend to go when we're in predicting mode towards the negative uh, emotional path? We could do both, and and both could be unhelpful if we're wildly optimistic, mm, which yeah. stops us from taking action because oh, I'm sure it will all work out somehow. That, that's equally unhelpful um, because it, it slows us down from actually taking practical steps. The one that I'm much more familiar with in coaching contexts is the kind of negative prediction that shuts everything down. That will never work. I'll never be successful at that. And that leads to what's the point in even trying that? I suppose then it's going back to the fact that planning, as you said, was intentional, whether this, the predicting state, tends to be less intentional, is that? Yeah, and, and from the perspective that we've been discussing on, on this show for quite some time, we can treat those thoughts, those images, as something we need to deal with. As in, I've envisioned future failure, now I need to get rid of that mental experience rather than, well, it's just one picture in my mind 
um, there's lots of other ways I could think about the future. So this is a very sticky, uh, negative, uh, pervasive, hanging around kind mm -hmm. of uh, prediction. And rather than being flexible, like a plan could be, this is one that sort of says, that's it, there's no point, don't continue. Mm -hmm. And that, the intentionality bit is very important there, but also the consequences of it as well. We're shutting down the possibility of moving forward, or at least we're wrestling with the negative thoughts and emotions so much that it's just slowing us down from making a start, which could contribute to us not being successful. So it can be a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy as well. Mm -hmm. Now, the third example, the, 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 the playwriting, that is when we get stuck in thoughts about the future that are negative, but really in great detail. So we've been kind of captured by the future and now we're playwriting an entire Hollywood blockbuster in our minds. So instead of looking at the call list and saying, well, what's the point in doing this? No one ever buys over the phone anymore. We might start imagining how our clients and prospective clients will answer the phone. And we'll start to write a script of how they're negative and maybe even angry towards us. And then we'll imagine what we say back to them and how they don't accept our rationale. And before we know it, we've left, we've left this present moment entirely and we've entered into an entire fictional future and we're experiencing it and we're feeling the emotions and we're not taking action in the present. And that can really uh, prevent us from moving forward because in a sense, the future pictures, the future script, the scenario is so realistic, we take it as a sign not to go in that direction rather than one possible outcome or something you could put up with occasionally. It's like, no, that is something not to be done. And the whole concept of picking up the phone and calling people is now to be avoided rather than some might say yes, some might say no, according to my plan. I have to say that this concept of playwriting is something that I've noticed that, well, I've always done. And it's actually since podcasting with you, Richard, that I've learned to recognize what I'm doing and 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 let it go. <laughs> I will say and stop it because I was I it it I don't think it's ever frozen me or in it, so not in the context that we're speaking about. I don't think it's ever stopped me, but I have noticed getting upset about it where I go into a scenario of something that could happen and, and like and just like you say, precisely start writing the scene. And I think it's 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 been very useful to recognize doing something like that. You know that that's really good to hear. And you're exactly right. It's about recognizing that we're doing it and then moving away from it, not avoiding it entirely. That's not possible. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our yeah, mind will take yeah. us time traveling all the time. We can minimize the unintentional time traveling. And we can also recognize when we're getting caught up in a fantasy that's <laughs> negative and bring ourselves back. Um, in the same way that we can recognize when we're daydreaming about lovely things and realize, well, hold on, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a task list in front of me a mile long, I better get going with that stuff. It, it's the same um, aspect of us, our observing self, that's able to notice how we're interacting with our thoughts rather than being stuck in the middle of those thoughts and wrestling with them. Mm -hmm. 
it is uh, a skill. So maybe we could talk a little bit about what we can do about this because you've had the benefit. I mean, I'm going to put that in inverted commas, <laughs> the benefit of lots of time uh, chatting with me. But let's imagine, <laughs> um, let's imagine this is the first time someone has, has heard us. This is the first episode mm. they've ever, ever listened to. So two things I would normally bring up in a coaching conversation um, about this, when someone finds that getting stuck in the future is preventing them from moving, one is to work on building the skill of present moment awareness. So this is being able to direct our focus, direct our attention, and maintain it in the here and now, when we want to, when that's beneficial to us. So it's not being hypervigilant, it's not being switched on 24-7, but to notice where our attention is and gently bring it back to the present moment. Now, when I spoke with Sarah, Sarah Stromar in, in that episode, that's what we were really talking about. Um, that's what mindfulness is really, to notice with intention and to be able to uh, deal with what we notice uh, in a non-judgmental way. So bringing our focus gently and compassionately, as opposed to beating ourselves up about it, just bringing it back to the here and now. Because as I say, far too often, the present moment is the only place we can take action. We can't change our past and we can't take action in the future. So when we want to do things, we need to be in the present moment to do them. And that can really help us um, unhook ourselves from those sticky mental episodes um, of either predicting failure or the very detailed mental playwriting that we can do. So that's one thing. Can you, can you see how that might work? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's really interesting that all of us could find ourselves drifting into uh, some of that mental time travel. So being able to bring our attention back to here and now is really helpful, but also to avoid a struggle with those thoughts and images, and all that mental content. We can work on this skill of what we call diffusion. And again, a link to an episode where we discussed this previously, but really diffusion is our capacity to see our thoughts for what they are, not what they say they are. So for example, um, the playwriting, these thoughts say this is true and it will happen and, and to some extent, and you must avoid it because it's terrible. We're able to then see them as thoughts, not absolute perfect predictions, not something to be dealt with either, just thoughts, just like all the other thoughts we have, like what will I have for lunch? Where's my other sock? What's the name of that song? Just thoughts. And there's a few different ways that we can do this, but really what we're trying to do is just, as you said a moment ago, notice that we're thinking about that and notice that we're doing it in the first place. That's, that's the key to this. So we can just label thoughts as thoughts and you know, label uh, the whole experience as, oh, I'm just thinking. This is just thinking. It's not fact. It's not experience. It's just thinking. Or secondly, we can just say, well, this is a kind of thinking. It's making predictions. And now I'm being too certain about the future for this to be helpful. Let me get back to my plan. What, does, what could I do with this plan that I'm creating? Or simply in a little bit of a 
eye-rolly kind of tone. Oh, I'm just playwriting again. Because we don't want to make ourselves feel bad about this, so we can treat it lightly. Um, you can use any words you like to describe this, but the whole point is I'm stuck in a bit of a drama in my mind. That's not helping me with the task at hand. And finally, something that we, we mentioned when we talked about thinking about our thinking before, we could actually thank our mind for giving us this stuff. And that, that can sound really counterintuitive, but if we look at it this way, our mind has evolved to keep us safe. And extreme playwriting scenarios about failure in the future, well, our mind, we could say, is giving us these to help us avoid failure because failure is painful. But it's not doing it in a gentle way. It's not doing it in a tentative way. It's in a very certain, very negative, almost scary way. And, and that's just not helpful. But we could put the whole episode to rest by saying, okay, thank you. I see how you're trying to help me. Simple as. As if it was another person saying, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? If we were gentle with them, we wouldn't order them out of the room. We'd say, I can see what you're trying to do. Thank you for trying to help me. Well, whatever way we do this, our, our job in this diffusion skill set is just to step back from the thoughts, to see them as thoughts, and move on and take action in the here and now. So those two things, present moment awareness and seeing thoughts as thoughts, can really go a long way to helping us with this kind of future thinking. And of course, sometimes um, our plans aren't exact and we have to roll with them and we have to deal with difficulties and setbacks and disappointments. And of course, sometimes our worst nightmare in inverted commas comes true. You know, in this scenario, we do have a difficult person on the phone or we do fail to meet an interim target. What we need to remember is we're heading in the right direction. We've not uh, fallen prey to anything. Uh, we haven't ignored our predictions and we, we should have listened to those predictions. Um, we're acknowledging that we can encounter difficulties on the way towards any desirable future outcome rather than an all or nothing success versus failure point. And it, it brings to mind a really interesting uh, point that, that um, James Clear makes in his book, Atomic Habits, that this whole concept of success, well, it really depends when we measure it. In other words, he gave, gave the example of writing a book and getting it published, and he was failing at that. Failure, failure, failure until it was published. <laughs> and if he'd taken a measure of success the day it was published, then it would have been a success. So, you know, when it comes to this future thinking we can engage in, to remember our evaluation really depends on when we're taking the measure. Does that, does that point make sense? Yeah, and it, it's, it makes me think how, at least I'm thinking how important it is to be aware to see what our thinking is doing, to learn how to listen and not listen at the same time. Mm. Uh, I, I find it very interesting as when you were talking as well, thinking of, 
the why, no? Why why these uh, why these thoughts happen? And are, are, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it could be we could have a few. We could have a whole series on my pockets, like about it. So we did have why we. Yeah, yeah. I, the thinking once we start to think about our thinking is is really incredibly interesting. And mm-hmm. anything that we do to think about thoughts, observe thoughts, is going to be helpful rather than treating the thoughts as facts or responding to them automatically. Um, and, and that, that is, um, something that everyone can identify with because we all have thoughts that aren't very nice about tomorrow and next week and the month and, you know, whatever it might be. Um, they can really pull us into all kinds of predictions and playwriting and, and negativity when in fact, as I said, it's this moment that we're in. So that's the one we want to focus on because, um, this moment is where we can uh, live our values. This moment is where we can put them into action. And if we're sitting there caught up with our predictions and our playwriting, we're neglecting what's important to us in the here and now. So my call to action um, to our listeners, to everybody, is note this mental time travel. Work on bringing yourself back to the present moment and be gentle with yourself about it. Don't blame yourself for this. Don't wrestle with this. Um, Just let those thoughts be thoughts. Pilar, any final thoughts (laughs) or or (laughs) questions from your side before we wrap up for today? Not at all. I think that's a, to, to be thinking about the present is a wonderful way to wrap up the episode. Fantastic. Well, listen, uh, if you have questions or thoughts or anything you'd like to share with us about this episode, you can drop us an email at podcast at worklifepsych.com. We'd love to hear from you um, and anything you've got to say or uh, suggestions for topics you would like us to cover in the future. That would be great to hear about as well. So as ever, thank you, Pilar, and thank you, everyone out there, for listening. Thanks for downloading this episode of My Pocket Psych. To get in touch with questions and feedback, you can tweet us at worklifepsych or leave us a message on the contact form at www.worklifepsych.com contact. Thanks for listening.